Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I'm the host, Eric Acker, with my wife, Karen. Hey, guys. If you hear uh, an extra individual, it's probably just our daughter. She is refusing to go to sleep today, so... Yeah, we're we're having a a day, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> we're doing a we're doing our best here. So, um, yeah, this week, um, so we just wanted to touch on a few things that we've been working on this week. That um, really, this has been a lot of traveling for me, especially. Um, so we we did the OET, the occupational English testing exam. Um, we did part one of that and part two. There's a little bit of an ordeal regarding that as well. Uh, we also, I went down to do a site visit uh, or a second look with a program. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I guess we're, um, you said there was one other thing. We're gonna, oh, we, I had a, a call t- tonight. I have, a, I have an interview tomorrow. And so we, the open house via Zoom. The open Zoom. house for the interview. So we're going to try to talk about all that. Keep it relatively short. We are, of course, recording this a day late because that's just how we roll these days. And (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, we'll we'll just try to keep it short and sweet to the point and kind of go from there. So as far as the OET goes, it's, you know, if I had to give a hot take on this podcast, this is probably the lightest, most mild hot take I can give, but it's a complete waste of time. But you have to do it. You can't get around it. As an international... Yeah, as any IMG student who is trying to get into, uh, you know, residency programs and whatnot, you cannot get around it. You have to take the OET. You um, you have to register for it. You have to pay the four hundred dollars to schedule the two exams. I should say three because it's like a there's one one exam day, quote unquote, where you're doing writing, listening and reading and then on a separate day you have a call with them where you do a speaking test where they show you stuff and you talk talk about things and they just kind of judge you based on how well you can speak the language Uh, and I say it's a complete waste of time because I feel like there's so many people who have legitimate diplomas from universities or come from English-speaking nations and speak English quite well, <laughs> uh, and really don't need an Australian company judging you on how well you speak English. That that would be my hot take. And then uh, the other thing is, it's four hundred dollars. Like, dear lord, uh, it <laughs> is really expensive. And then so for the the reading, writing, and listening test. They have you scheduled at a Prometric Center. And so I couldn't find a Prometric Center anywhere close to where we live. And the closest one we found was in Tampa. So I drove to Tampa Bay on Saturday, well, Friday night. Uh, there was a, a resident who had, you know, a first year resident who has been 
Airbnb one of his rooms of his house out to medical students who rotate through his hospital in the Tampa Bay area. And so I reached out to him. He said he didn't have a room for me, but I could crash on his couch. And, uh, you know, honestly, it was a great driving there stunk. You know, it's like five and a half hours, six hours of driving late at night for me. I, I got done with my rotation and then drove straight down. And that's just awful. I miss playing soccer, which I like playing soccer. Uh, and then I go all the way to Tampa. And the 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 resident, he had a a blow-up couch. He didn't have a blow-up couch. He had a blow-up bed. Uh, so I didn't have to sleep on the couch. I had this blow-up mattress that was all ready for me. He was very nice and polite. I just paid him like $20. Slept. Woke up the next morning, the Prometric Center had called me the day before and said, hey, we know your test is at 11 and you need to check in by 10.15, but you can come as early as 7. So I, I saw that as a great opportunity to just get the test done and out of the way and head home as soon as possible. Because again, it's another five and a half hours driving back. Uh, so did the test, easy, no problem. Um, I, honestly, I don't think anyone really should have any issues with doing the test. I uh, the really the the controversial quote unquote quote quote unquote controversial part of the exam is the writing section. The there's some literature on the website which basically says you don't have to follow a particular format, but you talk to just about everybody else out there and they say you probably should follow the format. <laughs> That's on like they give a couple of example formats of how you write. I think it, I think it's no secret on the. On the website, OET's website, they show uh, that you're basically going to write a referral to a specialist of some kind for a particular patient. So it's not, I'm not giving away the game or any secret knowledge here. It's You can find this on their website. And they have particular forms and templates that they kind of give as examples. And most people kind of just say, just follow those templates and you're good to go. Uh, the OET, I think on the FAQs, say you can as long as it's clear how you are um, referring the patient to another specialist they don't really care how you template it granted i feel like they probably do you still have to have like a subject line or you know a to so and so regarding so and so uh, body and then a signature line address and everything else in there so take it with a grain of salt it's not that hard i haven't gotten my results back so maybe i'm spiking the football a little early. <laughs> um, but I just rewind a little bit. I was supposed to take my speaking, so rewind again. So one of the frustrating things, I had to book this test out a few months in advance because you know it was booked <laughs> and we had a baby. I was trying to time it for you know, as best as I could for after the baby was born, when I was in town, when I might have some free time to be able to handle some of this stuff. And apparently I booked the speaking test on the day I was going to go, um, you know, I got an invitation to go do a second look at a program in southern Georgia. Well, I had a speaking test scheduled for the same day I was going to go down to southern Georgia, so I just, you know, rescheduled the speaking test, <laughs> uh, which could, of course, cost $80, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, a fantastic amount of money to spend. And then when I sat for the speaking test for the first time last week, I, I did an amazing thing and I forgot to bring my passport. Uh, I, I had my driver's license and uh, because for whatever reason, this particular Australian program, 
um, the Australian company that administers this test, they feel like passports are the only really official document that you can have. That a state issued ID is also, you know, does not really cover it. So I had to cancel the speaking test for last week and reschedule it. And it, they have another fun process where instead of just giving you options of when you can reschedule it, they let you pick two options, pay them $80 more, submit the form. And they, oh, by the way, they don't tell you, not, don't do any of this on your phone because if you do it on your phone, it gets screwed up. You have to do it on a computer, but again, nowhere on the website when you're doing this process or the email that they send you to how to do it, do they mention don't do it on your phone. Uh, <laughs> also on the email they send you, they don't say, hey, just bring a passport, which would be straightforward and easy. They just say, bring the ID that you registered with, which if you, you registered register three months, months ago, like yeah. you might not remember. <laughs> uh, the, granted, to be fair, in all in t- full dis- you know, transparency, I could have it logged back in uh, on my computer, not on my phone. I tried on my phone, you can't see anything. <laughs> Um, but on my computer, I could have logged back in and seen that I had registered with my passport. So that's on me. That's not really on them. Um, but after you make your two date selections, then they will randomly send you an email at 3 th- 3.30 in the morning and letting you know that at 7 p.m. that same day, you're going to have an exam, and it's not one of the days you picked out. So, <laughs> it's, it, it's, I mean, I'm, I was glad they had it set up for last night, so I was just glad to get it done and over with, because I had basically indicated that today would be the better day for me. I would have a little bit more free time. I wasn't going to be rushing back from uh, South Georgia. I was going to be in town, blah, blah, blah. So, whatever. It worked out. It just wasn't, you know, I feel like it could have been administered better. And then, of course, like the entire time you're you're getting like this weird security check. This is a speaking test where they literally give you what you have to ask and what kind of conversations you have, like which words you need to pronounce. Like, oh, they're going to make you (laughs) pronounce this three syllable word because, you know, they want to see if you can pronounce it because that's probably part of the English speaking test. Like, they have it all written out there, but, like, they make you basically slowly walk through your entire room underneath your desk, show your ankles to your webcam, your wrist, your earlobes. Like, they're going to all this special security measures to make sure you don't cheat on a test they're giving you all the answers to anyway. So, <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's like, I, I mean, I, I went, we went through some of that stuff with step one, but we had to, actually had to go to a Prometric Center. Uh, and then the only other issue, I mean, I spent 10 minutes already kind of ranting about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that kind of grinds my gears a little bit about this as well is that there were other students whose home addresses are in other countries that don't have prometric centers. And so the OET allowed them to take the reading, writing, and listening test at home on their laptop. So while I had to drive all the way to Tampa, there were students who just had to sit at home and take the exam. Seems kind of crappy to me. (laughs) I would have much rather stayed home and taking the test at home or at the student center or something like that. I don't care. Um, I would have much rather not had to drive all the way to Tampa (laughs) for this exam that I could have taken at the comfort of my own home. 
it seems really crappy that they allow that for some people, but not others. Kind of grinds my gears a little bit, but whatever. Uh, again, you spend $400 for this certification that, I don't know, you're just, you're just checking a box. But it, they know you have to do it, so they charge you an arm and a leg. And they're Australian, so... <laughs> but I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not saying Australians are bad or anything like that. It's just like they couldn't even get like an American English speaking test, like it, because you have like this very formal English, which isn't very customary for America. So it's like, how am I being judged on Australian and English standards for an American job? <laughs> like, is an American certification? Why am I being judged on off of Australian standards? But whatever. Um. <laughs> I think part of the part of everything was the kids were sick last week and they were sick again this week, so it made for a really rough because I can only do so much and there gets to be a point where I need help. So Eric has to get up in the middle of the night with me. Three a.m. <laughs> or one o'clock in the morning. I need your help. One of our kids exploded. There is poop everywhere. And vomit. And vomit. Like, oh, man. Okay. The kid needs a whole full, like, washed out, and so does the room, right? Like, Yeah. It's a a two-man job. One person's got to, like, strip the kid down, clean him up, and the other one has to clean up the disaster of the room while keeping the other kids from getting involved in the disaster. Yes. So... Like, we were tired, which is why Eric probably forgot his passport. And then, to top it all off, they got it again this week. Like, Eric had gone to Florida, and then he was going to stay overnight in... Um, Southern Georgia. Southern Georgia, thank you. Obviously, I still haven't caught up on my sleep. And the kids had all... Started vomiting again. So then Eric was feeling guilty. And he's like, well, I can drive back. I don't have to stay the night. And it's just like, no. Like, (laughs) no, you're adding four hours to this trip. And I can make it one night, I think. (laughs) So. I mean, it was nice to have a, I mean, this is the first time any program, you know, of all the interviews I've done or am going to do, this particular program I already interviewed with them, and they sent this invite. To, hey, come, come down. We'll buy. We'll pay for your hotel. We'll, we'll give you a nice dinner with the program's faculty members, and then we're going to give you a tour the next day, another lunch, and then you you know you're good to go. It doesn't. These second looks don't make or break your ability to match there. They but they certainly can help. Uh, well, it gives you a better idea of the program itself. You get a feel for the residents because all the residents are there. Yeah. And, and yeah, whatnot. You, you but definitely get an idea of, like, what kind of personalities. And, I mean, being there in person, it, it, you can't beat that over Zoom. Like, there's nothing you can do over Zoom that will, I feel like, will beat going there in person and experiencing the program, seeing the hospital. Uh, you can see a few pictures because a lot of times hospitals and, and programs are really good at marketing. They find really good angles for good pictures. And when you get there, you know, it's kind of like catfishing, uh, to use the kid, the kids' terms these days. Uh, <laughs> so going there, like, kind of removes some of that. Like, they can't hide everything. <laughs> they, they can't hide all their blemishes. 
and but they're proud enough they want you to go come and see it um, they're willing to pay a little bit of money up front for you to do that and of course you're going to dress up you're going to try to put on your best your best foot forward um, and it was definitely it was again the first time a program has actually sent me anything um, they gave you know they gave us a little um, bag of stuff you know a little I guess there's like a swag bag you know it has all the stuff with the branding on it we got a towel now and a cooler and a few other random things which it's it's cool it's um, I've been a little bit jealous of a few of my other counterparts. They've had programs that they've been, been interviewing at that has been sending them packets and um, boxes of stuff. And it's like, wow, man, I've, none of my programs are sending me, <laughs> me that stuff. I must not rate very high or, you know, just those programs just don't do it. Um, I mean, I think one of my friends, he interviewed at the Mayo Clinic and they sent him like a Grubhub um gift cards so they could have dinner together during one of their like meet and greets <laughs> it's like well it's not much but it's something you know it's it's a nice gesture uh anyway uh and i shouldn't be griping i i have interviews i'm happy for what i have you know honestly um, but it was a nice experience because again you're going to meet all the residents of the program you meet the faculty members of the program you get to kind of look around they take you on a tour and also, you, you are also meeting probably what I would probably, I would consider your top contenders, the people who are probably most likely to end up at the program. It was a group of like 18 of us, so I'm sure there's more in the contention list, but like probably program program has about six people per year, so maybe at least three to four of those people I'd met uh, the other day were probably going to be in the program. And so I use it also a chance to see like how do I personality how does my personality work with them, you know who do I get along with and it, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see there was another uh, individual from our school um, interviewing there as well which is also really helpful to me because I'm not uh, not naturally extroverted uh, <laughs> um, especially not in gr groups of people I just don't know anybody. And so it was nice to like, oh, I know, I know this person. They're, they're my same term, so I mean, we weren't especially close during my my um, time on the island and whatnot. But hey, I know at least I know him, and we can talk. We have something in common. We both went to the same school, <laughs> so that kind of and then you can kind of bridge off of that and absorb other people, talk to other people, and go from there. Um, it did remind me a lot of when I did an interview at, um, what was it, programming Yakima, it was, um, what was that, specific, I forgot, there was a medical school in Yakima, Washington, it's the only one I got an interview at during my application cycles, and just this whole thing kind of reminded me a little bit of that, it was like, everybody is, all the applicants are all dressed up, and everyone is like, trying to be the first to be noticed like there's some people who are trying really hard <laughs> and some people who are kind of i think they're just the natural selves um but you can definitely tell there's some people out there who are like they're trying they're, they are legitimately trying everything they can to be well liked um and then of course there's me who's underperforming in my opinion the entire time like am i here to make a good first impression great now the program director's wife is asking me if I'm tired or <laughs> uh, some I don't know. She made me some comment about 
how I uh, is how I was looking because I was just like stuffed from dinner, and it was like oh my gosh, do I actually look like I'm like, you know, done or frustrated or whatever? It is. like it wasn't a positive emotion. It was just like oh, I forgot what I said. I forgot the adjective she used, honestly, but it was just kind of like horrifying. And then, of course, on the way out, like the, I know I need to lose weight, but like the chef of the restaurant was standing next to the program director on the way out. He like grabs hold of me, like shakes my hand as I'm saying, hey, thank you for the food. And he goes, look, this guy's already a doctor and he gestures at my stomach. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> 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 just dying. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, no, she said I looked uncomfortable. Yeah. Which could be because I was wearing a suit coat that I couldn't button. Uh, <laughs> could be, which, <laughs> I'm not helping my case here, but it could be that I had eaten my fill of food and I was uncomfortably full. Uh, but you don't ever want the program director's wife who's like three martinis in to start commenting on how you look. <laughs> you can't hide anywhere. There's nowhere to hide. <laughs> Don't sit next to the program director and his wife. <laughs> well, Moral uh, of the story. Well, you think like yeah, it's a golden <laughs> opportunity. You sit down and like the program director sits down like two chairs from you and you're like, wow, you know, program director's right here. He he makes the decisions. Like if if I have horrible manners, I'm out. But if I just if I nail this, I'm I'm in. You know, like, I, I, I'm, I'm getting ranked 102, you know. <sighs> it doesn't help that you have, like, a long day in the electrophysiology lab, standing on your feet all day wearing lead, and then you drive five, you know, drive three hours to get down there, and then you're exhausted, you're tired, <laughs> you're stuffed inside of a suit coat that doesn't fit you anymore, and then you're having to, like, put on your best behavior for dinner. So anyway, I'm not trying to, again, I feel like I'm complaining a lot. It was a good, it was a good experience, but I, I wish I was better um, at socializing and being a part of those conversations. Um, well, he could always be worse. He could be me. I'm not a very great uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sit extrovert. Oh, oh, actually, that was another really awkward situation. Like, I think I would recommend anyone who is going to go to any of these second looks to just go back and look at, you know, who the intern, who who's the the uh, the residents that were are at the program. Maybe try to pick out if there's ever a resident that you interviewed with, because a lot of times they will send a resident to be to interview during the interview, and then look at the faculty as well and just remember. You know, maybe who you interviewed during the you doing your interview because my awkward moment, my worst moment, really was um, this gentleman walks up to me and I see his name tag and it says like Doctor So and So, and he looks at me and says, "Hey Eric, how you doing?" And I shake his hand. I'm like, "I'm doing okay." And he's like, "Do you remember me?" And that is like the worst because like in my mind I'm like, "Nope, I don't remember anybody." Like I remember the program director because he's very distinct. Um, <laughs> but like I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, and I just said, honestly, I cannot recall. I recognize you, but I do not know why or where from. 
I'm just, it's been a long day and I just don't remember. And he goes, I interviewed you during your interview day. And I'm just like, great, yeah, that, that's right, you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, that's, that's certainly not an, I did not impress <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. So. But again, it's been a long could two be, weeks. You could be better prepared. Yes. <laughs> could be better Moral prepared. Moral of the story is, if you go, prepare a little bit more than what we did and uh, maybe come up with some just talking points that are easy for everyone. Not the weather, I but like... It's hard because you don't know which top You know which topics should be... Uh, off limits, and apparently those were not off limits during the dinner. Yeah, they got uh, talking about conspiracy <laughs> theories. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I wasn't really. Yeah, I was a little caught off guard by some of that because, yeah, you know, you, there's like topics you just avoid in professional settings, and uh, a good number of those were definitely hit on during the dinner. Um, so that was interesting, and I, I don't know. It's just it's hard to for me. It's hard to like develop small talk i would like to have a generally a a deeper conversation with somebody and so like the person i wanted to talk to was kind of more engrossed in a different conversation so it was anyway it's just like i think karen's right you can you can develop certain talking points but i don't really also want to be quote unquote a phony you know (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to be the brown noser I want people to just kind of see me as somebody who's willing to listen and talk um, and have a, you know, a conversation with you, but not, like, be kissing your butt the entire time. <laughs> like, that, I don't know. You have to, like, if you're the residents or the doctor, the faculty or whatever, like, that has to be obvious to you, like, what people are doing. Like, anyway. Uh, not everyone is doing that. Just some people are more obvious than others. Um, and I, again, it doesn't really excuse my poor performance, but <laughs> that my poor performance was mostly due to lack of preparation. Yeah. Uh, but so speaking of preparation, Eric went to, or went to, he logged into a Zoom tonight of for the open house for the interview that he has tomorrow. Yeah, yeah one of our... Another one of our Georgia programs that we got an invite to, and uh, yeah, a good number of people logged in. A lot of students, and and again, this is me not being—I I don't really stand out in large groups, especially on Zoom groups. Uh, and a lot of times, I'm just very content to kind of sit back and let other students ask their burning questions. And uh, if you know, if I have a question that stems off of that, then I'll I'll chip in. But generally speaking, it's like, oh, I, you know, I never would have thought to ask about that. And there are certainly questions where it's like, I would never have asked that. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, I, let me just say, like, it's generally seen as taboo to ask about compensation. Anything regarding, like, benefits and compensation is kind of seen as taboo. As, yeah, especially when I think, like, these were residents that we were talking to but i i could have swore there was somebody an admin that was also either initiated the group conversation or you know and was there or left so it's like you just got to be careful and a lot of times when you start asking questions about time off or (laughs) compensation you come across as like somebody who may not want to work hard or may want to 
take a vacation right away. And I had, I had one program tell me that, that that was a red flag. And so since, and not because I asked the question, they just used it as an example of a red flag. <laughs> uh, so it's just something I, and I keep in my back of my mind now to, to maybe not ask. Yeah. But I think these are good, even if you don't say a whole lot. <laughs> Like one of the, I guess, interesting things, and I was kind of blown away by this, but they, apparently this particular program has a concierge service. Oh. So like they have something within the hospital where if you're working and you just don't have time to take care of it, they will do it for you. So like I need to get my oil changed on my car. You just sign up and you give them the details and they will take your car and get the oil changed. You just have to pay for the oil change. You don't actually pay for the concierge part of the service. And apparently one of the residents said, like, uh, a different resident used the concierge service to book a vacation for her. Like, she just, they asked her for a budget, and so she gave them a budget, and they booked an entire vacation for her. Oh. Uh, They can do, it was interesting. I'm not sure if I would use them. But it was like, oh, that's a very fringe benefit that I don't think I've heard about anymore. It can be kind of nice, like, especially if you're going to be busy a lot in residency, you may not have time to take care of some of these other things that, you know, like that kind of get pushed to the back burner, but you do need to get taken care of because they're, they're part of like adulthood life, you know, like your car maintenance, you know, needs to get done, but you don't have time to take time off of work to take care of it. So because you're working Monday through Friday during all the business hours and or Monday through Saturday with all the business hours and none of these oil change places are open on, you know, Sunday or whatever and you don't want to spend your one day off underneath your car changing your oil. I, I can see how that can be a benefit. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was kind of nice. I still have a little bit more preparation to do for this particular interview. I, I tend to research my interviewers and find a little bit of information on them and write down a few questions that I would like to ask them just so I have something to ask them. And this one isn't going to be a, thankfully it's only, I think three interviewers. Um, I've had some where it's five and when you get to the fifth person, they're like, do you have any questions? You're like, no, (laughs) I have absolutely no questions at this point. Like we, we, I, you know, by number three, my last question was really being exhausted. By number four, I was making up stuff. Um, <laughs> number five, I think we're not we're not lying to each other at this point. All my questions have been answered. <laughs> um, which they they recognize that as well. A lot of times when I've interviewed pe- places at places and they've had five people, you know, five different interviews in that one interview usually the fourth and fifth person they they recognize like i know i'm your last person or the second to last person you've had a lot of questions you got probably got answered before now so if you have any more you can ask but if you don't have any don't feel like you have to ask a question yeah so those are uh, the things oh of course we're still on the electrophysiology rotation um, up in Macon, quote and unquote, up in Macon. Today I was in Cordell. I think that's how you pronounce the town. Um, we do a lot of the electrophysiology lab in Macon. His office on Tuesdays generally in Macon, but he uh, does travel quite a bit. I, apparently uh, he's going to be in Douglas next Thursday. <laughs> 
Um, now I'm not. I was not familiar with where Douglas was, and I think it's Douglas, until I looked at it on the map, and it is an hour and forty minutes away from our house. So <laughs> he does try, and he goes, actually does all. He does go all the way down to Valdosta. So like honestly, this isn't the worst. You know, I could go two hours away. Yeah. <laughs> so and, uh. Doc, the doctor I had, my preceptor, is is fantastic. He's a great teacher. Um, I, I've been trying to ask as many questions as I can and try to understand and catch up. It it does stink when you lose a clinic day because you lose a little bit of teaching, and you're a little. I feel like I was a little off step today during my clinic day because I I missed yesterday's clinic day. And so I feel a little off step. I'm gonna miss half of the EP lab tomorrow because of the interview, but. Um, truth be told, I do like the EP lab, but there is definitely a lot of standing around waiting. And um, I, I don't think I'm going to miss too much of the standing around waiting. Uh, I will probably miss some teachings here and there. But we'll... <sighs> but, but the preceptor knows it's fourth year. He He's aware of my absence. Again, it's one of those things, just communicate with your preceptor. They gen- and I'm not trying to load up this week full of stuff, and so I'm missing everything every day, and I'm not taking an entire day off. So, like, as long as you communicate with your preceptor, they're generally going to be okay with it. It's fourth year; they understand. It's in- especially for interviews and second looks and actually important things. They they'll give you the nod and go, yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. You gotta you gotta you gotta land the interview, <laughs> but anywho, um. Any, I don't know, any last words, Karen? No, just take advantage advantage of the opportunities given to you. Um, my only thing was with the Zoom call, like, people ask questions that you wouldn't normally think of, so you can kind of branch off. It might trigger something for you to ask during your interview or um, give you some more insight. So even if you're not the most uh, vocal person, it is good to show up. I think they do make note of who shows up. So that was all I had really to add. But yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> a rough week. Thank you guys for sticking with us, even though we're switching up days that we post um, these podcasts. And um, feel free to follow us on Instagram and to um, MedFamilyMD. And, and you can then, find us on all the podcasty websites. Subscribe. Uh, you can rate us if you want. But yeah, any major, major podcasting site like Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, etc. We should be on there. Uh, again, we'll try to keep these relatively short and sweet so you can get them in your drive time and not have to do 45 minutes. Um, anyway, yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>